What time is it in England right now? Uh, let me check. Oh, I see. It's time to duel. Y'all move! It's time to p -p 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 podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to You Activated My Podcast. Uh, this is episode 29, Dual Identity Part 1. And as you can tell, we're doing something a little bit different this week. Uh, this week, we're talking about Season 1, Episode 29, Dual Identities, D-U-E-L Identities, Part 1. Uh, with dual... Identity being dual as in doing dueling in a card game. Ha, hilarious. Uh, and due to a variety of issues, one of which being uh, we're in two different countries, uh, Jimmy and I are trying our own dual identities uh, thing, and we're recording separately. And I'm going to edit it in later, and I'm hoping that this will turn out okay. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Tyler has told you this already, but... This is a bit of a unique episode, because for the first time, not only are Tyler and I not recording in the same room together, uh, we're not even speaking to each other. Uh, Tyler, unfortunately, uh, landed in England and has had a bit of a rough start, uh, and that includes he doesn't have any internet yet. And he also doesn't have any mobile data. So we could record the podcast over the phone, but that would be like a two-hour-long freaking international cell phone call. And I don't think uh, either of us can afford that right now when we can just do it this way, which is we both record our individual sides separately and then I think Tyler is going to try and mash them together. Uh, I'm trying, as you can probably hear, a different microphone this week. And I also am getting over a cold, so my voice is a little uh, husky, shall we say. Um, yeah. So uh, this week, as with every week, we like to start our show with a recommendation uh, for something that you can do with your 20 minutes rather than watching uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Season 1, Episode 29, Dual Identities Part 1. Uh, this week, for me, that recommendation is going to be, boy, so many things, so, so many things. This week uh, has been a weird week in uh, American politics. Uh, it's been a weird week in politics in general. But uh, this week, if you want to do something with 20 minutes, go and support uh, our friends in the LGBTQ plus uh, family. Um, especially trans folks right now. Uh, they are under a lot of fire in American law, and uh, it, it never ceases to amaze me how much that particular group can be targeted and attacked and uh, punished, I guess for lack of a better word, for just being who they are. Uh, so take some time, if you can, go and donate uh, $25 to uh, trans activist uh, uh, groups. Um, I'm trying to think of... Uh, the one that, see, this is the cold coming in. Uh, I have been told a few that are good. Uh, let me look them up real quick so I don't get their names wrong. Uh, Trans Lifeline, which is the organization I donated to, has a really great website, makes it really easy. Uh, National Center for Trans Equality or the Trans Law Center. 
so if you go donate whatever you can, um, I know the recommendation is $25, which isn't always like doable for people, but every little bit counts. Uh, so yeah, so please, please, please go and uh, do that. Uh, Jimmy, what's your recommendation? Um, first off, every week we have our recommendations of something that you could do for 20 minutes instead of watching an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! Something different, something better to occupy your time with. And as we mentioned before, uh, I have just been on a, not a long trip, a, a week-long trip to Australia. And I got to, it was a basically a whirlwind tour. Uh, I got to see Melbourne. Uh, I went to the rural areas around uh, the state of Victoria, did some hiking through some nice Australian um, rainforest. That's the word I was looking for. And there's some Australian rainforest. And I went to see my cousin's... <laughs> I almost said my cousin's funeral, but God, that's not right. My cousin's wedding, much more fun than a funeral. Uh, so I got to hang out on their farm for a week and just explore the city of Melbourne. And my recommendation this week is to just get out of your house and explore your local area a little bit, almost like a staycation. Because I walked around Melbourne for a full day, two full days actually, and just went down all the little back streets and looked at all the houses around and you can you can just step outside and find all kinds of interesting shops and little places and things to look at. So my recommendation this week is to just step out your front door and explore part of your neighborhood that you've never looked at or walked through. And I can, I well, I can't guarantee you, but I, always, I hope that you would find um, just a, a real nice time just to explore a little bit. Maybe look at a cool tree, some squirrels, depending on where you live. I know Tyler's been doing that because he's been sending me pictures of, like, crazy castles and stuff that are in his new neighborhood, which is crazy bullshit. I look, I go out in my neighborhood, and I see a homeless man yelling and stabbing himself with a needle. That's Portland for you. Maybe Durham is different. They do things a little differently in jolly old England. Great. So uh, without further ado, this is going to get really weird. Uh, let's uh, go ahead and talk about some Yu-Gi-Oh! Ready? It's time to discuss the episode. Uh, this week, because we are separated by an ocean and a few time zones, uh, we are both going to be recapping the episode, and I'm just going to see how well it lines up. Uh, as we mentioned, this is Season 1, Episode 29, Dual Identities, Part 1. Uh, apparently known as Absolute End, Shadow of Seduction in the Japanese version, which uh, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but whatever. Uh, and this is one of those episodes that's really dual-heavy. It's just a lot of back and forth. But fortunately, uh, it doesn't get too complicated because it's just uh, Yugi fucking up the whole time. Uh, the episode opens with pretty much where we left off. Yugi uh, wakes up in his bed and is like, oh, you know, I, I can't let the uh, the spirit in the Millennium Puzzle take over. He's going to kill somebody. Um, and uh, 
uh, he's, he's sort of, you know, contemplating the, the, whether or not he'll ever duel again. And, uh, then his friends show up and his friends are like, Hey, Yuki. And he goes, Hey guys, what's up? How's it going? And he plays it off. Like it's all cool. And they get ready for, uh, starting the semifinals and Yugi, uh, actually goes through the whole Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, magical girl transformation right there in front of them and is like, yep, ready to go. Let's do this. This is the first duel of the Duelist Kingdom finals. And it is my Valentine in a rematch versus Yugi. And the episode starts off with Yugi waking up in bed and, uh, he goes to the window and looks out at the sunrise and apparently, when Yugi goes to bed, he w- he just wears, like, a nice dress shirt and his weird dog collar belt buckle neck thing. Which I can't imagine is even slightly comfortable to sleep in. What the hell? Anyway, uh, his friends bust down the door and they're like, Hey, Yugi, it's finally time. Let's go kick some butt. Let's go win some duels. And there's this really weird uh, part where Yugi has his full transformation sequence and his Millennium Puzzle glows and he yells, Yu-Gi-Oh! And he does the whole transformation thing. And then literally all he does is stand up and put his jacket on. And then he and all his friends do this like, pose like they're striking forth into the world but we just saw the room in a different uh from a different angle and they're literally all just standing there looking at the wall <laughs> which i thought was really funny this uh this episode has a lot of little weird moments like that that are supposed to be like dramatic but just end up looking stupid and so without further ado they go down and uh, meet the other contestants in the elevator. Uh, and you'll have to forgive me. I did, I just watched the episode, but I've forgotten like most of it somehow uh, because there are really only one or two things that I personally found super interesting. And I'm going to get to them in a second here. Uh, but essentially they all go and they're walking down the hall and Tristan and Bakura and Taya are, are like, well, okay, yeah, per the rules, you know, we have to watch you from the balcony, which is really the only thing that they've been doing so far. So I don't know why they need to call it out. Uh, and they, uh, say, well, we have to leave you here. So good luck, Yugi. Uh, oh, and you too, Joey, I guess. Uh, and they split off and then Yugi and Joey, uh, go into the like anti-chamber, not anti-chamber, uh, anti-chamber, uh, and meet up with Bandit Keith and my Valentine. And Bandit Keith makes a show of, you know, calling Joey chump. And he's like, oh, look, look, the dweebs finally showed up. And, uh, Mai's like, yeah, what kept you? And, you can't show you're like well we're we're here on time so i don't know uh i don't know what you're talking about i still can't quite work out how joey got there but whatever uh he just kind of blundered his way around this island and is somehow one of the top four dual monsters uh fighters of like all time and so tristan and Taya. And Bakura wave them goodbye because they're not contestants. Uh, they have to watch the proceedings from the um, that same balcony viewing area that we've seen them go to before. So they leave. Uh, Yugi um, and the other contestants get in the elevator. 
and it makes its way down to the duel arena. We get some inner monologue from Yugi, where he is basically thinking about how he needs to be able to control uh, the spirit of the pharaoh in his Millennium Puzzle, and how he's fighting for Grandpa, and Grandpa, Grandpa told him to trust the spirit of the pharaoh. Uh, but Yugi is worried, because he just... Last time the pharaoh was out uh, was his duel against Kaiba, and Kaiba nearly died. And uh, Yugi blames the pharaoh for this, because the pharaoh was willing to go all out in order to beat him. But the thing that I keep thinking of through this whole episode, it's a recurring theme, is that its it wasn't really the pharaoh's fault. It was Kaiba's fault for basically putting his own life on the line to make Yugi lose that duel. And so I don't know why Yugi is blaming the Pharaoh for this when it was just Kaiba being a jackass. But unfortunately, that is the brunt of this episode besides the duel, which takes up most of it, is uh, Yugi deciding that the Pharaoh can't come out and help him duel because he thinks that the pharaoh is going to hurt Mai somehow. How is he going to do that? I don't know. And I don't think Yugi knows either. Because unless Mai threatens to jump off the balcony into the bottomless pit, uh, I mean, what's the, what's the pharaoh going to do? Pull out a gun? <laughs> An ancient Egyptian spirit gun? Right out of his soul. I don't know, maybe he can rearrange the Millennium Puzzles to form a sniper rifle or something. Anyway, the contestants are in the elevator, and the elevator door is shaped like Pegasus. Not like, not Pegasus the person, but the actual animal, the flying horse Pegasus. And um, the eyeballs start glowing on this giant wall-sized Pegasus. It's like a like a sculpture built into the wall, and it's um, Kimo's voice, and he's like, "Hey, contestants, it's it's time, it's time to duel. Get ready." And it just sounds really weird. <laughs> Excuse me. Let, this is my first time um, recording this episode or recording an episode of this podcast with my own headphones. So usually I just talk normally, but here I've got monitor on so I can sound how I hear how I sound and listening to yourself in monitor headphones is a very different experience because I can hear everything that's going on, uh, including me going to take a drink. So let's get some, uh, some nice fully work here. Let me open my, my Nalgene bottle. I'm sure this is all great audio that you all love. And I apologize if you hear anything in the background, because my roommates are watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is a very good show. You should watch it. There's another recommendation for you. Two recommendations this week. Wow. We're on a roll. Uh, The door's open, and everyone's sort of welcomed into the dueling arena that we saw in the last few episodes. And Pegasus walks in. 
And Vega says, welcomes everyone to the start of the grand tournament or the semifinals and says, uh, yeah, you know, um, you've heard the spiel before. This is where you duel. This is uh, what's going to happen. You're going to duel you. You're going to duel you. And the winner gets either the cash prize that we've brought up or the right to duel me. And uh, he reveals that not only will you duel me, but if you win, you get any one you know wish that you might uh, want granted. And uh, and he goes, uh, and if it's in my vast power to do so, I shall uh, fulfill that wish to the fullest. And and you know whatever. Uh, and also the victor gets the title of uh, the world champion, which is I guess even higher than Kaiba's you know, champion title. It's, it's the number one, uh, dual monsters player in the world. And he goes, uh, you know, for the, the true duelists out there, they'll know that it's not about winning the money. It's about getting that title. At which point Joey's like, mm, no, it's really just about the money for me, for, you know, my sister's operation, reminding us all again, that his sister's getting an operation. Uh, and he's like, oh, okay, okay, sure. Fine. Uh, but, uh, you know, anyway, let's, let's get to it. Anyway, it's the first duel. Between my Valentine and Yugi, and there's this long scene, probably like a full minute, that has Mai's inner monologue about how she has changed as a person from meeting Yugi, and she's going to play the game without resorting to her to cheating, basically, and how she used to sneak around to get by and win with her fake out psychic technique. And her uh, her scented cards, but she's actually playing for real this time, and uh, how she's learned to respect her opponents and play a fair game. But if Yugi thinks he's going to go easy, she's go e going to go easy on him. He's got another thing coming. So the whole time Yugi's having this like weird internal struggle where he every time like Pegasus or Joey says something, he's like, "That's right," but. I also have to remember to keep the spirit inside the Millennium Puzzle in check because there's no telling what it'll do. Oh, I really have to focus. And uh, that kind of, it comes up a lot for some reason. This is one of the things I think that really like took my attention away from the episode is that they, I, I don't know if the writers for this episode changed or something, but this wasn't quite my worst. But one of the things that bugged me was the writing for this episode really seemed to think that people just weren't paying attention, which could be because it's a kid's show and, you know, admittedly i stopped paying attention for part of it but there would be like a thing uh that a major character would say and you know he, he would say it and uh it would like not apropos of nothing would just like come out of his mouth again like he would just find a different way to say the same thing like in the course of a conversation he might say to himself four or five times oh, I really have to do my best to keep the Spirit of the Millennium puzzle from coming out. And even things like, um, you know, like my talking about how he's acting different should be like, wow, he's really, you know, in his own head and all these things, and he's he's not fighting to the fullest. Uh, or even, you know, in this part of the episode when they stand up to to fight the beginning of their duel when Yugi faces off against Mai, Mai says, uh, yeah, no tricks this time. Like, I'm going to play you fair and square. You asked for an honorable duel. That's what I'm going to give you. Uh, and she says it like four times in four different ways going, uh, you asked for an honorable duel and that's what this is. Uh, I am not all tricks. I don't need tricks. This is an honorable duel. It's an honorable duel. Uh, and, and just kind of like the, the writing of this episode seems to be at least half people repeating themselves. And 
uh, Pegasus comes in. Uh, this is that same arena that's over the bottomless pit in the floor. And this time there's a, another balcony on the opposite wall with a very nice tall-backed armchair that Pegasus comes and sits on so he can watch the proceedings. And the duel begins. And Maya's up first, and so she, uh, as usual, plays her harpy lady as a normal monster and sets it in attack position. And then she has another card that she sets face down on the field. We all know that I'm bad at remembering the cards here, so I'm not going to focus on them too much. Essentially, what happens, though, is that uh, Mai is like, hey, no tricks this time. Uh, I just want, you know, an honorable duel, and I want you to do the same. Uh, so here we go. And she plays Harpy Lady. Uh, and to which even Tristan's like, oh, yep, Harpy Lady, that's that's her her go-to opening gambit. Like, that's that's her card of choice. No real surprises there. And Yugi's, Yugi goes, oh, well, cool. Okay, I, I may not need the Millennium Puzzle for this. Uh, and he pulls out Guy the Fierce Knight. He brings out an attack position. And he's makes it attack Harpy Lady. But then Maya activates her face-down card. And it was a trap. And he uh, has Gaia attack, and Maya goes, or Maya goes, uh, well, uh, no, because I also laid on a trap card that you completely ignored. So that trap card mirror wall pops up and cuts Gaia's uh, attack power in half and just stops the attack entirely. This is something Maya was expecting, and her face down card is the trap card mirror wall, which negates the attack and halves the attack power of Gaia the Fierce Knight. So it's basically this and this like an ice wall, but it's made out of mirrors, shows up in the middle of the battlefield, and um, Gaia the Fierce Knight attacks it instead, and he runs into it, and apparently he gets his... There's an equal and opposite attack from the mirror wall that's um, half the attack of Gaia the Fierce Knight. So it's basically... The Fierce Knight attacking itself. Which is, you know, how basic physics work. Because any action has an equal and opposite reaction. But in this case, it's every Fierce Knight has an equal and opposite Fierce Knight stabbing itself through a mirror. So Gaia just stands there frozen and Yugi's like, Oh, I should have seen this trap coming and... And uh, I think this is when we first hear the the spear in the Millennium Puzzle go, like, let me help you, seriously. And Yugi's, no, no, I, we have to play this safe. I got this. And uh, he doesn't got this. And uh, then she plays, I, I, I've never quite understood this one. Uh, she plays a card that is an accessory to uh, a Harpy Lady called Cyber Shield. And it's neither Cyber nor Shield. She gets this, like, shimmery gold... Uh, like a breastplate and gauntlets, but no shield. So I don't really know where the name of that card comes from. And Yugi is very surprised at this. And he's like, ah! How is, how is this possible? Uh, and it turns out, um, we zoom into his head, and uh, there's a there's this constant showdown that he's having with the Pharaoh, where weirdly, he... We saw in the beginning of the show that Pharaoh has Pharaoh is now inhabiting his body, but Yugi is somehow still occupying his mind because he grew a couple of feet and his voice is much lower. 
uh, indicating the presence of the pharaoh. But um, he, Yugi, is still controlling the body. And we see this because we can see it zooms into his head, and we see uh, Yugi's like a, a ghost form or whatever next to him just to show that they're both in there. And the pharaoh pleads with Yugi, let me help you. And Yugi is like, no, I'm not going to do that because you could hurt Mai just like you hurt Kaiba, almost. And so he is not letting the pharaoh assist him in this duel. And we will see the uh, ramifications of this shortly. Uh, because it's Maya's turn again, and she draws Cyber Shield, which, as we've stated before, is neither cyber nor a shield. It's a set of armor that she equips to Harpy Lady, uh, which in boosts its attack and defense, and it attacks uh, Gaia the Fierce Knight, and <laughs> Maya says, nice Gaia's finish last, which I feel the writers may have been waiting to use for a while. So... Uh, Gaia the Fierce Knight is destroyed, and it's Yugi's turn again, and he draws Summon Skull, our favorite spooky bone monster, and, uh, Summon Skull, I don't know if it's because I was listening to it from headphones, but it has a sound effect that it does, which I've never heard before, it almost sounds like a weird little dog or something, where it's just like, it comes out and it's like, just a really weird, gross, sort of gurgly sound that it keeps making over and over. Anyway, he summons it in attack position, and um, then he sends Summon Skull to attack Harpy Lady, but he, I guess, forgot that Mirror Wall is a continuous trap card, or he didn't know that. So... Uh, Mirror Wall is still out on the battlefield and uh, effective, and so Summon's Skull negates the attack and uh, drops its attack power back down. At which point we get yet more of this weird repetition happening where Mai has to, you know, uh, remind Yugi, you know, yeah, my, my trap is still up, like, it's, it's a permanent trap, it just stays there, you haven't gotten rid of it yet, and Yugi goes... Ah, I see. Well, your trap mirror wall uh, is different from other traps. Other traps typically go, like he's explaining the rules, you know, and he uh, he says, like, other traps typically go away after you play them, and this change in strategy is what messed me up, and the Spirit of the Millennium Puzzle's like, no, seriously, it isn't. You're fucking this up. Uh, let me help you. And Yugi's like, no, 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 no. I got this. I got this. It's fine. And 
uh, Mai kind of taunts him a little bit uh, and asks if he's off his game. And Yugi puts another draw, puts another card in uh, just down on the battlefield. And once again, we see that uh, he is not, he's not doing so hot uh, by himself without the help of the Pharaoh. Um, and this, because he completely forgot that mirror wall, it was out and he hurt his own monster. And so this raises a question to me personally, and maybe Tyler picked up on this. Is Yugi a bad duelist? Is, is he just incompetent without the help of the Pharaoh? Because everyone notices this. Uh, there's a discussion among the people watching that, Oh, and Joey is also watching from the balcony. He ran up there. And there's a discussion among Yugi's friends that he must be really off his game. And um, this is something they keep going back to over and over and over throughout this episode. I'm not going to mention it every time. But um, they can clearly see that Yugi is not doing very well. He's making mistakes. He's being sloppy. He's uh, attacking when he has no chance. There's just no strategy behind his dueling. Uh, even Joey is can see this and is a better duelist than Yugi right now. And so it's basically a question of whether y- Yugi is completely incompetent, and it was only through the powers of the Pharaoh that he's been able to get this far. So Mai draws another card, uh, Harpy's Feather Duster, which she activates to destroy the card Yugi just put down which was a spellbinding circle, but we don't have to worry about that because it's gone now. And so uh, Yugi realizes that he can't just keep attacking or he'll lose all his monsters. So he switches Summon Skull to defense position and Normal summons Feral Imp in defense position. And um, Maya's like, oh, you're going to defend yourself from my attacks? I don't think so, buddy. Uh, She draws Rose Whip and activates it. Abilities, equipping it to Harpy Lady, which further boosts Harpy Lady's attack and defense. Remember that Harpy Lady has the uh, Cyber Shield, and now she also has the Rose Whip. And so she's really strong now. And Harpy Lady uh, pulls out this whip, and there's a bunch of whip noises, and she whips the Feral Imp, and it is destroyed. I do have the, the cheat sheet up here next to me. But it doesn't mention all the story stuff that goes on. But you really don't need to know that because it's just the same things over and over again. So Yugi draws, passes his turn, and then Mai Mai draws a card we haven't seen before, I don't think. Uh, It's not something Yugi's seen before. It's called Harpy's Pet Dragon, which is, uh, as the name implies, a giant dragon that almost looks like a weird hairless cat. Like it's got a regular dragon face and then it's got like a like a weird soft body that looks like a hairless cat. I'm gonna pull up a picture of this thing. Yeah, it looks like the hairless cat or sphinx cat equivalent of a dragon. It's got a like a black uh scaly head and then the the body of this dragon is really weird. It's just like naked skin. And it's got the uh this long chain uh attached to a collar in its neck. And on the other end of the chain, uh, goes into uh, Harpy Lady's hand. And because it's Harpy's pet dragon, uh, if it's near 
a harpy lady on the battlefield that gets a further attack and defense. And there is currently one harpy's pet dragon and one uh, harpy lady on the battlefield. And so it's boosted by, let's see, it doesn't matter. It's, <laughs> it's just cards. It's boosted by like 300 or something. Anyway, uh, the point is that it's super strong from being out next to the harpy. And so it attacks and destroys the summon skull. And the summon skull is like, Aah! as it dies. Just the summon skull just had a lot of weird noises that I haven't heard before this episode. And I kind of don't like it. It's kind of gross. So Yugi's really on the ropes here. Um, but he finally is able to draw a dark magician. And uh, subsequently he normal summons it. Uh, there's this whole, once again, his inner monologue where the pharaoh is begging him to let him help Yugi. And Yugi is basically like, no, I'm going to do this by myself. I can't trust this this dark spirit within me. And um, so his, uh, his game is completely off because he's having this inner struggle and is distracted from the game. Yugi uh, says, well, okay, we'll just go trap for trap here. Uh, and uh, I'll play Mirror Force. And Mirror Force will destroy all the monsters on her field. Uh, and she, uh, oh, this is after, sorry, this is after my plays like another card to boost the Harpy Lady and calls out Harpy Lady's pet, I guess, which is like a big dragon pet thing. Uh, and he's like, well, okay, cool, cool. I'll, I'll just go trap for trap. That's fine. And he pulls out, uh, that trap and he, uh, man, I'm, I'm going to fuck up the order of this and I really apologize. Uh, so he, he plays, um, oh no, she plays the Harpy Lady's pet and attacks Summon Skull and defeats Summon Skull and he draws, uh, Dark Magician and the Mirror Force and is like, okay, cool, cool, cool. We're good here. I'm going to play Mirror Force face down, lay that trap, and I'm going to put Dark Magician in defense mode. And he's thinking, so my originally wanted to, uh, uh, lure him into attacking, and now he's going to lure Mai into attacking. And Mai sees this happening a mile off and draws a card called Shadow of Eyes, which is like, well, which is a, a, a spell card, I guess. And she goes, well, okay, so that trap that he just laid, I don't really care what it is anymore because this is just going to wreck his shit. And she plays it, and what it does is it changes Dark Magician's uh, attack mode from defense to attack, and then forces him to attack attacking the mirror wall and lessening his attack points. But he plays Dark Magician in defense position um, and places another card on the battlefield. But my draws Shadow of Eyes, which is also a card I don't think we've seen before. Uh, now all the cards that Yugi controls in defense position are switched to attack position. So... His uh, strategy that he came up with is no longer effective again, because any creature that he brings out, even in defense position, is still going to attack and hit the mirror shield. Uh, and at that point, Yugi's like, huh? What? What could this card be? And, uh, you know, it freaks out. Uh, and again, I think the, the spirit comes out and is like, let me help you. And he goes, no, I, I, I don't know what you'll do. Um, 
And that's, I think, the gist of the duel. Essentially what happens is, is you know, Mai just keeps boosting and boosting Harpy's Lady. Uh, and Yugi keeps trying to attack, but doesn't, doesn't really get anywhere, you know, because of the mirror wall and because Mai just kind of keeps outsmarting him like really easily at every turn and at every turn my goes yugi this is really not like you like is something up do we need to stop like do we need to take a break because i wanted to have an honorable duel here and if you're just gonna let me win that's that's really weird and like i don't want that and yugi's trying to play it cool and he goes you know my i'm not gonna let you win and my's like well i mean at this point it's kind of too late like i don't think there's really anything you can do to stop me and uh, has her dragon uh, go to attack Dark Magician, which is where we leave off in the episode. And so Dark Magician is switched to attack Magician and is forced to attack Harpy Lady, but Mirror Wall negates the attack, and then Maya activates another uh, Harpy's Feather Duster and destroys the card Yugi set down. Uh, so uh, Harpy's Pet Dragon then attacks and destroys Dark Magician, and... Yugi is left completely defenseless uh, up against Mai. Uh, she's got uh, a super beefed up uh, Harpy Lady and a beefed up uh, Harpy's Pet Dragon. And Yugi has nothing. And that's the end of the episode. Dun dun dun. Yeah, it's... <sighs> These dual-centric episodes are really weird, but I feel like this one did a really good job of... I guess at least setting up, hey, here's why this duel is important, and then getting through it, you know, not really uh, trying to show off any, like, duel-centric bells or whistles, just being like, hey, this is why this duel is important to Yugi, and let's just watch it happen real quick. So this is one of those episodes that was just a lot of dueling and not a whole lot of story. Uh, the story was basically one note this whole episode. Uh, showing Yugi's inner struggles, and that's really it. I mean, usually we have a little bit of back and forth on the side or some some trash talking, but there wasn't a whole lot of that this episode. Um, what's the next part of this this dang this dang podcast? Uh, Jimmy, what was your favorite? Um, my best part of this episode was my uh once again she's proven to be one of the most competent people on this entire island she's prepared for yugi uh she has basically become a better person through uh she's shown character growth through uh meeting yugi and dueling against him she is prepared to do a 100% clean uh even match and she is mad this episode because she uh, is she's basically changed and is willing to give Yugi a nice, clean, even match. And all she wants in return is uh, to defeat him when he's at the top of his game. But Yugi shows up and he's completely distracted this entire episode. And so she just feels bad. She can't, like, kick his ass when he's uh, feeling like this, because it just wouldn't be right. It's like kicking a puppy when it's down. You don't want to attack a puppy. You want to attack, like, a full-grown pit bull. I don't know where this metaphor was going. It got away from me. 
Please don't attack dogs. My favorite, I think, in this episode was uh, <laughs> there were a couple, like, again, coming back to the repetition of lines, which really stuck out to me for some reason. Uh, there were a couple of lines that two different characters said. It was Joey and it was my uh, when they're talking about the line, the, uh, the the prize for winning or like who's going to take the champion, uh, the championship, Joey says it's going to be me. And then my later on when they're talking about the the uh, the prizes, uh, my goodness, it's going to be me. And I can't not hear it's going to be me, uh, which is bad and terrible, I know, but that's what I keep thinking. And that's my favorite part of this episode is that I got to think that a couple of times. Um, how about your least favorite? Um, so that brings me to my worst, which was um, Yugi just being completely terrible at cards this entire episode. Uh, he is completely incompetent. He, he doesn't have any strategy. He doesn't have anything interesting to play. He's just feverishly waiting for his best monsters to come up so we can play them and immediately attack. And really, all the, the good parts of uh, whenever Yugi duels are the strategies he comes up with to outwit his opponents. And he just can't do that this episode, which I guess is the point. But even without the Pharaoh's help, Yugi is supposed to be super, like, genius level good at games. Like a, almost like a savant at just any cards or any other sorts of games that he puts his mind to. And here he's just shown as being completely unable to do anything without the help of the Pharaoh, which I thought was a disservice to his character. My least favorite has to be when uh, Yugi thinks, okay, I've got a strategy all figured out, and then Mai plays that one card, Shadow of Eyes, and he goes, what? Like, we're in, we're in a world where, okay, ostensibly, Yugi, with or without the spirit, is supposed to be a pretty good duelist, right? Like, he's supposed to be good on his own. Also, he recognized the, like tune world card that pegasus played as being one of a kind no one else had it it's not supposed to exist uh and he doesn't recognize shadow of eyes like he'll recognize this weird one-off like nobody's ever heard of this thing but not presumably something you can go to a store and buy that doesn't that part didn't track at all for me and just the fact that yugi is surprised by anything at this point really i don't know it just pisses me off for some reason because it's like you're the one character with magical powers that you are ignoring right now granted but uh and and you know magical powers plus a modicum of skill you should be the one to control this situation don't tell me that this one card that's probably not even that rare is like something you've never heard of that just doesn't fly for me that's my take on this episode sorry it's a little weird uh and probably all kinds of bad uh audio issues sitting here in my very echoey sort of room. But I trust Tyler will do his best to mesh these together, and hopefully soon, next week I'm hoping, we will be able to have a proper episode where we can both talk to each other again and um, make a good 
like a regular, not a regular episode of this podcast, but one where we're actually interacting with each other instead of talking to ourselves. Well, without further ado, it's time to end the episode. Jimmy, as we do every week, uh, we have a card of the week, and because you recorded first, you got to tell me what the card of the week is. And I have gone to Tyler's website, tyler.games, and pulled up his random uh, Yu-Gi-Oh card generator. Um, he's got all kinds of good stuff on here. I haven't seen it in a while. But he's got like a bunch of games that he wrote that you can play on here. Um, if you like text adventures, he's got some of those. He actually has gone in and wrote uh, some text adventures that you can play on the new iOS update like through Siri, which is really cool, and you should check it out. You can download that. Anyway, I went there, and I found his card generator, and so I am naming our card of the week this week, which is Ghost Rick Stein. Appropriately spooky for the week of Halloween. And according to Jimmy, that card of the week is Ghost Rick Stein. Let's look this thing up. Ghost Rick Stein seems appropriately spooky, like we're coming out right before Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Ghost Rick Stein has an attack of 1600 and a defense of zero. It is a zombie effect monster that cannot be normal summoned unless you control another Ghost Rick monster. What is the Ghost Rick monster? I don't know. But once per turn, you can change this card to face down defense position. And when this card inflicts battle damage to your opponent, you can add one Ghost Rick spell or trap card from your deck to your hand. So if you have more Ghost Rick cards, um, and you can use this guy to attack your opponent, you can basically get a free, you can search your deck and get a free Ghost Rick spell or trap card and play it basically almost instantly. And you can use this effect once per turn. So... Let me look up what Ghost Rick Stein does. Well, already what Ghost Rick Stein looks like. I'm Ghost Rick. Uh, I I love his look. Actually, he's sort of a Frankenstein's monster kind of deal. He's blue. Um, he's got like uh, you know his blue skin all stitched together, and he's got the the stereotypical bolts on his head and his neck, uh, and he's wearing a really like fashionable red jacket and red pants. Like he's got kind of a, um, like a, uh, Elric brothers, full metal alchemist look going on. Oh, this dude looks like he would be in a, uh, one of the more recent Zelda games with the, uh, wind waker aesthetic. This is, uh, let's see. How can I describe it? He is a Frankenstein's monster type guy. He's, um, Got all, he looks like a Frankenstein's monster, um, but with kind of a cartoony aesthetic. He's wearing like Waluigi elf shoes. Um, he's got two huge bolts coming out the side of his head, and then um, I think he has a, a brain in a jar attached to the top of his head. Like a tiny, tiny brain. In addition to his regular brain, I assume, which is inside his head. Um, I like this card. It looks great. And then I think it's like a, it almost looks like a brain in a jar coming up out of the top of his head. Uh, and then at least in the art that I'm looking at, he's got 
these in the background, these like um, illustrated, like almost mandala-like uh, sort of gothic, spooky, uh, just kind of patterns behind him uh, that look like something you would buy like in the Halloween section at a craft store, uh, which is completely my jam. Um, yeah, I like him. This guy is a hundred percent at home in like a Zelda game. And, uh, I'm looking up more Google image results and there's a lot more, um, fan art of him, which is really quite charming. This is adorable. I love Ghost Rick Stein. So that's our card of the week. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can reach us at uh, Yampod, Y-A-M-P-O-D. That's on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, please, please, please uh, do email us your fan fiction. I will read it in a future bonus episode. Thank you to friend of the show, Garrett, for sending me one submission that was excellent, and I'm, I'm very excited to read it. Uh, and uh, if you want to visit our website, you can go to tyler.games slash Y-A-M-P or welcome to flavor.town slash Y-A-M-P. Uh, thank you for sitting through this probably very weird episode. Uh, we really appreciate your patience as I've been moving and uh, getting sick and getting over being sick. Uh, I am getting internet in my flat this week, hopefully just in a couple of days here. Uh, so coming next week, we will be back to more or less a regular episode. We'll be able to do this online and simultaneously, which will help probably a lot. Um, so yeah, hopefully we will be back to the new normal next week and bring you a regular episode when we come back for, uh, Dual Identity Part 2. Yeah. Uh, go and listen to Jimmy's other podcast, Dungeons Against Humanity. Uh, it's just Dungeons Against Humanity uh, in any pod catcher. Uh, it's where they play Dungeons and & Dragons and then use Cards Against Humanity cards to fill in some of the gaps where they have to come up with new characters and new locations or things. Uh, it's very, very, very fun. And I think they're on episode eight or nine by the time this episode comes out. So please, please, please go give that a listen. Um, and until next week, hey, Yuki boy. All right. I don't know how to end this, so I'm just going to say goodbye.